0: Hi, and welcome to Training for Godliness, where we take a few minutes to remind each other to stay focused on spiritual things during our daily walk with God. I'm your host, Paul Hammonds. Hi, this is Paul Hammonds, the evangelist at the Kimberly Church of Christ in Gardendale, Alabama. This is Training for Godliness. I'm excited to have new listeners along as we continue to grow, so please feel free to like and share the podcast. If you subscribed on iTunes, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. We're still pretty small and can be hard to find, so we could really use your help in that. The question for this week comes from some studies we've been doing in the book of John. During one of of Jesus' discussions with the Pharisees in the 8th chapter, Jesus is arguing about his mission and identity. And the Pharisees respond, you're bearing witness about yourself, your testimony is not true. They're referring to the requirements in the law of Moses that stated any accusations would be confirmed by the testimony of two or three witnesses. You can't just accuse someone of a crime on your own without someone to confirm your story. The Jews were taking this a step further and saying that because Jesus was testifying of himself, that actually proved his statement to be false. Jesus responds to them by saying, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. This raises an important point about the nature of faith, because if Jesus' testimony about himself were true, then by definition there would be no other witnesses. As John says in the first chapter, no man has seen God at any time. If Jesus was indeed the Son of God come down from heaven, he would have no witnesses on this earth. Now Jesus does call witnesses. He says the Father bears witness of him through the miracles he's performed, at the end of the chapter he adds that Abraham saw my day and was glad. But ultimately, he acknowledges, you need to believe what he's saying, not because it's been proven, but because it's true, and because Jesus said it. Is that unreasonable? Well, when we think about how we prove things in court today, you've basically got two approaches. The first one is that you can empirically prove something by providing evidence, whether it's DNA, fingerprints, or other trace information from the scene that can show conclusively that someone was in a location and performed some action. The second is to provide witnesses. But just having someone claim in court that they saw something doesn't prove anything. The court has to believe that the witness is reliable. That's why attorneys cross-examine witnesses. They either want to create doubt about the person's accuracy or truthfulness or assail the person's character so that they can show him to be someone we should not trust. Ultimately, witness testimony requires faith. If I believe this person is reliable, then I will accept his testimony. That's what it means to have faith in a person. I don't accept what they're saying is true because they've proven it or even if what they're saying confirms what I already believe. I do it because the character, experience, or insight they've shown leads me to believe that they know better than me, and that I need to accept what they're telling me about the subject at hand. Jesus is making that claim. By performing the miracles and through the testimony of John the Baptist, Jesus claims to be the Son of God, the Messiah. He tells the disciples in John 14, believe in me or believe in on account of the works themselves. Many of the Jews in chapter 9 acknowledge, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? That jesus were not from god he could not have done what he did so we believe jesus because when we look at him his teachings his character and the miracles he performed we see god in him and as such we accept that he is from god and that he is in fact the son of god we believe him when he says anyone who has seen me has seen the father but here's the catch to that once i accept that jesus is who he says he is and that he has authority to reveal the father which is the mission that he claims for himself in this book then I have to acknowledge that he's the subject matter expert and not me. I can't say Jesus has clearly been there and knows God better than me and then say, but I don't agree with everything he says about God. Jesus is expecting from us the kind of faith that's shown by the blind man he healed in chapter 9. When Jesus goes back to him later and asks, do you believe in the Son of Man? The response is, who is he, Lord, that I should believe in him? I know absolutely nothing about this Son of Man that you're describing, but because you've proven your power, your authority, and your righteousness before God, I will accept that whatever you say about him is true. And of course, Jesus says, it is he who is speaking to you. When Jesus calls on us to be lights in the world, to store up treasure in heaven and not not on the earth, do we believe that? When he tells us, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven we say, but Jesus, that's not what my pastor told me. He said, I don't have to do anything. When Jesus tells his apostles that he will guide them into all truth, as he does in John 16, 13, and then tells those same men to teach the disciples all the things I've commanded you in Matthew 28, 20, do we read the New Testament and say, I don't really have to follow all this. That's just a bunch of men telling me what they think God wants. If I truly believe in Jesus, that means I put trust in him that if he says it is, I believe it. Even if it's something I disagree with, something that goes against how I think things should work, something that runs contrary to our culture, or something that my church doesn't teach, true faith demands that I listen to what the one true witness has to say on the matter and follow Jesus. So as Hebrews twelve two says, keep looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Thanks for listening this week. We'll see you next week.